When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So for me, like every week, I like to praise the great work of Eli Braden. But for this week, all I'm thinking about is truly one of my comedy heroes, somebody I, you know, have uh, um, was an inspiration to pretty much everybody from my generation who does comedy for a living. And so all I was thinking about was, oh, God, is this song good enough for this guy? That's how I felt. No offense, Eli. I don't know about yeah, you. no offense. I felt the same way. I was like, should we even play it? I'm I know. So nervous. I feel like we're just pieces of shit, and then we're gonna have. <laughs> we <this>. are. <laughs> I mean, we just don't. We're. You know what? No, let's let's start over because I, not really, over. not legitimately. That was gold, but we just did. That was. <laughs> but but uh, but uh, God, Jenny, you wanna? I mean, I'm gonna chime in on this introduction, but you go. Yeah, for it. no, go for it. Go for it. Okay, so I've got it's it's a long wind up, but. I rem- I didn't do that much with my, <laughs> my dad wasn't around a lot, but we, one time as a family in uh, 1980, it's like, well, let's have a movie night. And we went to see a movie and together. And it was, uh, uh, which was very rare. And it was one of those situations where I was even kind of bummed out because there, I had a family of five and we could only get four seats together. And so my dad in classic Doug Zucker <laughs> um, uh, uh, tradition said, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're old enough. You go sit by yourself. So I had to sit by myself through this movie, <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. And it was, and it was Airplane. And I can think of no movie that I've watched more than Airplane. And I went to school that day, and I talked about it. It changed my life. And we'll talk more about it. And one of the three great minds behind that movie is with us, and many others. Comedy legend David Zucker. Give her a round hey, of applause. Is, going crazy. is this my introduction? Uh, can I talk? Yes, please. Oh, okay. Uh, well, uh, that was a very nice introduction. Thank you very much. Although, I don't think your theme song is good enough. I, I knew you didn't. I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. I agree with you. This, this isn't video, is it? This is just audio? Just audio. I mean, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, put, we can, some, yeah. we'll put some clips on there. So, you know, if, you know, try and keep your fingers out of your nose. As much as possible. That's right. That's I, what I, 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 I or make it like the jerk off motion when one of us is talking. <laughs> that typically happens a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, I do uh, use that on occasion. Um, thank I you do. so much for um, uh, uh, doing this. You're the second uh, Zucker brother I've met. I got to meet your brother several years ago. I at he, when he was doing that National Banana website thing. Oh, I, I was yeah. I wound up doing a little thing with him, and it was a, it was just a rare pleasure. So so thank you so much. Oh yeah, sure. We still speak. Oh, that's good. I'm glad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, Jerry, uh, 
Jerry and Jim and I are still very close, uh, as you might imagine. Maybe you don't imagine. But, yeah. um, Jim Abrams and your and we're, we're actually yeah. writing a book together right now. About, it's called uh, Surely You Can't Be Serious. And it's and, uh, all about how we went from Milwaukee in 1971. And, you know, eight years later, we did Airplane. And, and it's uh, the whole story, which people don't really know the story behind it. And it's, it's, well, that's it's quite what I'm actually fascinated by. Yeah, when, is, mean, when is this book supposed to come out? Well, we're, we're formatting it now so that we can, hand, we can give it to an agent and then we'll put it, take it out to publishers. And then, you know, they say it takes like eight months or something. I don't know why. It, the book is done. They, you know, we, they, we wanted to do this book. So they said, okay, you got to do a book proposal. So we couldn't do a book proposal or a sample chapter or any of that stuff. So we just went ahead and wrote the book. I've done that with pilot pitches before. Yeah. Where it's like, I, 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 I can't, let me just write it and then just like, write it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so much easier. So I get it. And this book is full of pictures so that, uh, you know, you'll be, it'll be easy for you to read, Danny. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> And, and no big words, I hope, right? Nah, but there really aren't, yeah. yeah. I mean, pretty much, <laughs> it's a lot. We have so, I kept everything from the whole really? 10 years. Oh, uh, I love that. Yeah, the entire, every review, everything we did, because I'm kind of the historian of the bunch. In fact, I just wrote a book about my family history. And really? it's called, yeah, it's called, it's seriously, I, well, not seriously, but... It's called Before the Invention of Smiling, and it's available on Amazon. So I might as well plug that. That's yeah, yeah we're going to link that. Absolutely. Before the Invention of Smiling, that's being linked in our in in the uh, in the description of this podcast. Right. Um, well, I want to just like I want to know like because you know it, it. I do find that a lot of the comedy that was so breakthrough for me was like it was always a little bit outside. You know, I grew up on the East Coast, so which was not you know but it was like the comedy that was coming from canada with the sctv guys or um for me even like monty python prior to that and you're from the midwest which was like you know not my uh, how do you get from that i know you had the kentucky take me from the kentucky starting of the kentucky fried theater to airplane i'm really curious it's really what the book is about is how we came from i mean it's really the middle of nowhere although milwaukee has a a sizable Jewish community, which was nice. <laughs> so it, always an indicator of a big city. So, but you know, so <laughs> it was like we we weren't New York or or even Chicago or certainly not L.A. And uh, Milwaukee was a place where things came to. So we, but we watched all these shows and uh, a lot of this, the serious shows. I mean, what can we do but make fun of it? And uh, so that's really how our our comic attitude kind of got started and also my dad was actually a big part of it because he wouldn't didn't know how to tell a joke but he did um ha have uh you know a great sense of humor and he would say the most hilarious things but you know totally straight face just deadpan and that really i think was the origin of the whole leslie nielsen robert stack thing yeah is just saying things and you don't have to be a comedian and that, then, yeah, brilliance of what you did. No one winked. You even cast people who were not. I mean, there, it's it's funny. People younger than myself don't even know that Leslie Nielsen was a serious actor for the better part of his career prior to you. I know. You know, and I've also we've had people as a guest here at the house 
And so one guy, uh, we said, how do you take your coffee? And he said, I take it black like my women. <laughs> and so I corrected him and said, no, it's like my men. And he looked at me, what? He had never seen airplane. He a, a guy in his dorm when he was in college right. said this line. And, you know, it's like past the secret. It became yeah. a different line, but it's people don't even know what it's from, you know, or, or maybe, yeah, maybe also surely you can't be serious. That could be also. That, that was something like growing up for me. I mean, Danny told this story, but I'm, I'm 43 and like my parents were like 40 years older than me when they had kids. So I, my dad just kind of caught my silly sense of humor and he, he was a, a chemical engineer and he would have to work like overnight shifts and he would wake me up in the middle of the night, not wake my sister up because she wouldn't get it. But he'd go, come in here. Now, this is airplane. This oh, is really? This, yeah. And he said, and this is Leslie Nielsen. He used to be a serious actor. Now, <laughs> he told me, like, he would love that I was doing this. He's no longer with us. Well, but it needs to be explained to you youngsters, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, like, embedded in me from day one. I mean, and the reason, like, I'm a comedy writer and do stand-up, like, airplane, anytime somebody, favorite movie all time, it's airplane. Like, I can watch airplane to this day, and I'll still catch something new. Like, just... Uh it yeah. wasn't even that like the mayonnaise jars at the mayo clinic you know like yeah. sometimes you're you're, you're following the bouncing heart but you're yeah. missing that there's yeah. jars of mayonnaise that that they see new things yeah and a lot of people have never seen the you know when the when the plane crashes through the window of the terminal right. a lady is running and throws her baby up in the air yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know and then and you know i'll tell you even I noticed things that I didn't notice before. Really? Yeah, because we were doing a an interview uh, for a radio station uh, about a, a week ago, and uh, everybody, Jim and Jerry and Bob Hayes was on it, and and, uh, and other people. Oh, and Lorna Patterson, who played the one of the stewardesses. Yeah, yes. And yeah. Uh, and it, and they they were. Um, they, they were playing the, the the jive scene, which was somebody's favorite scene, the right. jive dudes, and so they're 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 talking, and and then it's it's when um, June Cleaver is translating for them. Oh, yeah, she's I think right? jive. And yeah. the stewardess is saying, "Tell them that we're going to land in a in an hour, yeah. and that they'll everything's going to be okay." And then, but it struck me that. <laughs> The, the black dudes aren't even realizing what they can't eat. They can't understand English. <laughs> so you have to say it right in front of them. Tell them this A, B, and C. Anyways, I never thought of that before. Yeah, it's, it was, I mean, it's, it, it was all just so, it was just all done so seriously. And I never thought about that part too. <laughs> they don't speak, they can't even communicate in regular English. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. Oh, I have to show that. David, I had this made for my house, and I had to take it down to show you that it hangs above my desk. Oh, oh, wow! That's a <laughs> boy. I had it. I, yeah, I found it like and on the internet, and then had it like blown up to proper pixelation and framed, and I keep that above my desk. <laughs> poses in front of the picture of himself. Of him in the same pose. Yeah, and yeah. I also have Leslie Nielsen from Naked Gun hanging in yeah. my hallway. But when when we were growing up, you know, we were. We were kind of we were fans of the Marx Brothers, and you know we also like a little bit of the Three Stooges. But what really made us laugh were serious movies, and yeah. you know they, they were so deadly serious that 
and there may have been some weed involved somewhere. <laughs> but we, we would laugh hysterically at, at uh, all this, at the serious stuff. And so then when one, one night we discovered Zero Hour, this, this 1957 movie starring Dana Andrews, uh, then we thought it was a, that was an epiphany, I think, just saying, why don't we remake this movie, but not with comedians? But just like we would redub it, and the maybe the Robert Stacks and Leslie Nielsen's wouldn't know that they're in a comedy and just do it straight, and that became the whole idea for Airplane. Wow! And were you like when you're going through this process? Because it was unlike any movie. Like you know, look, Mel Mel Brooks was doing like broader parodies of 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 films, and I loved them. Uh, you know, I but the style, the density of yours, like the, the, the rat-a-tat-tat, like a joke, you didn't go five seconds without that joke. Um, how, what, was, what was that like selling that to the studio? I mean, did they get it? Did like, when, when, you, when you were making it, I was curious. Well, every, every studio turned it down. Really? Except one, I mean, and what I learned was it only takes one and it was really right. just one guy and his name was uh, Michael Eisner. And at the time he was the president of Paramount Studio. Yeah, and other uh, we pitched it, and you know people liked us, and some people didn't get the idea, and I, maybe they read the script. Always a mistake, but they, you know, but it was it was rejected by every studio. And uh, Eisner heard about it, and I think he just heard comedy on an airplane, and maybe he thought it was oh Animal House on an airplane, right. but in any case, you know we were he 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 heard about it at a dinner. Uh, reportedly, and he excused himself from the table. And it was in a restaurant, and in those days, you know, you got up and called at a payphone. Yep. And he called Jeff Katzenberg, who was his second in command, and and said, uh, "I I want I want you to tell me on Monday that we own this script." That's what he said. Wow. <laughs> so, so we're in. So we get the call over the weekend and, uh, or, or on Monday and then maybe that Tuesday or something, we were, uh, we were in uh, Eisner's office, wow. and, you know, talking about the script and they, they didn't officially buy it right away because they didn't want us to direct it. So there was a, there was a long time where we were uh, doing a rewrite for them. And I'm telling you, this studio, it only improved the script. It's like, it's, it's, it's not the usual story of the studio ruins it. This was, you know, was Eisner, Katzenberg, uh, Barry Diller, and they signed a guy named uh, Tom Perry to go over the script with us. He was the story guy. And then they, then they didn't want us to direct it because uh, we were first time directors. And then we insisted on three of us directing at once. So that was an automatic no, but we held out. And finally, they they relented and they assigned to us uh, this old line Hollywood producer, former director, former head of the uh, Motion Picture Academy, Howard W. Koch, and he was going to be the godfather of the production and to be Paramount's man on our set. Turned out he was our man at Paramount, and it was just another miracle. I mean, only miracles happened all through airplane that you know that was done at all that it was done the way that we wanted and uh you know i mean we originally had cast pete rose in in the part oh, really? and it would have been uh, a quarter as good pete and rose for the 
Yeah, for the uh, for the Korean. Oh no, for the oh. Korean part. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. for the Korean part. Oh, sorry. Yeah, and but he was uh, he was doing baseball at the time, uh, and uh, and so so we got uh, we got Korean, and so then we were able to add all those great lines. Oh my God! I hustled back on that court, the, the whole thing, and then when he just and the, just the little the moment where you pull him when he's being pulled out of the cockpit, and That's we right. And, <laughs> the got shorts. The shorts on. Yeah. and the goggles <laughs> oh my god sublime just yeah. sublime. well well it's because we you know somehow we knew not to point out the jokes to the audience not to cut to them and that makes all the difference and we did discover that that was that was how to do comedy and you know not to you know to let force the audience to meet us halfway and so yeah. There's a lot of jokes where it's just there in the frame. Like when uh, there's some turbulence and uh, just Bob Hayes is fighting to control the plane yeah. and we cut back to the passenger cabin and Leslie Nielsen looks up and says, what the hell's going on up there? And, and then so got the stirrups, the, the woman <laughs> in the stirrups and he's got a speculum. And it's just like, we don't cut to it. <laughs> That's what's funny about it. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah. It's the best part of it. It's just like it's well, that, that that complete absurdity. I do remember my this moment with my own kids where I was like, I couldn't. Like, they're old enough. I'm showing them airplane. It's time to educate them. And yeah. I just gotten a couple things like with my daughters. It was like, and it was the line where um, uh, 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 Julie says to um, to, to Robert Hayes, it's like, remember how I used to sit on your face and <laughs> wriggle? And I, my my little daughter is sitting next to me. You know, I can give us one more year. And then I remembered it. And there's a moment in the turbulence when the boobies come out. And shaking, you know, oh. the gratuitous bouncing boobies. I, that, was, that was my son's favorite part where I showed it to him when he was two. And and he and then and oh, then after that, after that we would just watch softcore porn together. You know, he beautiful. He, so I, sweet. He, he saw it as food, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, my dad showed that to me when I was like six years old, maybe five or six. So yeah. like I just like I knew it was funny, whatever, but I, I'm divorced now, but when I was married, my stepson, I showed him airplane and he was probably like 11 yeah. and I was in the other room and he's watching it. And I knew exactly, I could hear what part it was. And I knew it was the titty part. The I knew it. And all of a sudden it was like, rewind. Oh yeah. <laughs> rewind. I let it go like five times. And I was like, all right, buddy, let's just go ahead and call it on the fifth okay. one. I know no, what I you're doing. No, I'm just, I want to see how they lit it. Yeah. yeah. And in those days, the movie was PG. I mean, there, yeah. you know, yeah. we had we had language, we had uh, some drug humor, uh, you know, all this oh. stuff that probably would have been R-rated today. Yeah. Oh. The old lady doing cocaine. That was one yeah. of my favorite parts. Okay, so I, I, I'm going to move. There's so much I want to cover with you. I'm going to hit everything. Yeah. But um, So I want, uh, tell me, a, well, no, I'm going to go to this first. Your, the next movie was Top Secret, which to me is pound for pound one of the funniest movies ever made. I find that, I the, and I'm going to just tell you, a joke I refer to all the time, and it is the smartest fucking joke, is when Val Kilmer is being tortured in that German prison, yeah. passes, passes out, and is in high school, and has missed the test. Yeah. And so he missed the test, and then he wakes up while being whipped and says, thank you. <laughs> While being tortured by the Nazis, it's just but, yeah, yeah, that is that is the most sublime fucking joke in the world. And I, <laughs> I, I refer to I I bring that joke up more than a, a fair share. 
what was that experience like? Because I know that wasn't as I, I know that wasn't as big a hit in the time as Airplane Up was, but uh well, what was the? I mean, we we just had a blast. We uh, you know we went to uh, uh, England. To, we shot it in London at Pinewood Studios. Wow! And that that was just fun. You know, just living for a year in in England, and uh, you know, we it was it was a, it was great fun, and uh, and the cast was wonderful. Terrific! The song and, uh, great. It was disappointing that it didn't perform like Airplane, but. You know, we figured out why, and it was—I mean—it was really our own fault because we didn't. Um, what happened was that we we took the wrong lessons from Airplane, and that was that. Well, you fill a, a movie with you know eighty-five minutes of jokes, and away we go. It's great, but Airplane had a great story, but it wasn't something that we created. It was Arthur Haley who wrote right. Zero Hour, so we just we. Uh, you know, put the jokes in. And then in Top Secret, it was our own story. And we really didn't give Val a character arc and a clear first, second, and third act. So, uh, that, and that's what happens. And in movies, we learn. That's, a, you know, my dad said he never, never learned a lesson that didn't cost him money. Yeah, to me, but, I mean, I, 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 and Val Kilmer was great in that. Oh, too. he was fabulous. Yeah, Val was. I mean, his I, first I, movie. I'm surprised he didn't do more comedy after well, that. He did. Really. He did do some more comedy. He did. He did some, but it wasn't yeah, like the way yeah. that Leslie Nielsen kind of. He was always a dramatic actor, and you yeah. Know. But but but, but I, I always thought like that because I could I can partially see that. I think what the difference was was I mean the the disaster movie or the airplane type movie like airports all those things was a very it was a very clear thing you were parodying in that moment or you know it was a very clear thing right. and and this one was like elvis movie but it was also east german so it was like i think it, it was like nazis i mean it wasn't it wasn't grounded in reality that's probably another uh, piece of the puzzle but but that said i i that's I think part of why I'm so drawn to that movie, it's there. There is such absurdity, but beautiful absurdity in that latest. Yeah, I, I know it really had the best jokes we've ever done. I think, I, yeah, it's and, one of my favorites. Doing it, Nation. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA Finals, the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball scores, all the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, <laughs> esports, and and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code CLNS50. CLNS50 to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online hyphen. Where the game starts! <laughs> exclamation point. Boom! Motherfucker. And then I'm in... I think I'm in high school at this point still, but uh, is um, Police Squad comes on TV. Right. Wow. And that. I, that was the, I, I used to hear people complaining about like a show going off the air. And that's ah, just a TV show. It's just, you know, it's like this. When, when the six, when there was no more after the sixth episode, me, my friends, everyone I knew who was a comedy <laughs> nerd, like, what the fuck? Like, how is this? This is the best. <laughs> 
comedy I've ever seen on television. I, in preparation for this, just watched them all again for the yeah. fifth time. I actually showed my son. Yeah. Because um, that I, I'll just go. That's like while I'm doing your greatest hits. My favorite yeah. joke was when he's break breaks in that place. They go, "Who are you? How did you get in here?" And he says, "I'm a locksmith." And yeah. locksmith. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. <laughs> but um, what what was did did I don't know why how did it, well. It, it wasn't right for television. Um, you know, television needs a kind of a family. I mean, the greatest television shows, yeah. uh, you know, from Mary Tyler Moore to MASH and, uh, you know, Seinfeld, all those great shows had a kind of a family. They were, yeah. Uh, yeah. maybe they weren't an official family, but, and I think, and it wasn't spoof satire. This was, this was pure spoof. And uh, uh, the other thing is people watch television differently than they watch movies. And we create uh, movies or TV where you have to absolutely pay attention. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and we, we watched, we went to some of the police squad shows with some, in some family groups and other groups and we realized People were, you know, they, they would talk to each other and they would answer the phone and it was a lot of distractions. And so yeah. remember we were going, wait a minute, you missed the next two jokes. Nice. And so they watched things differently on a big screen in a movie, you can see details. That's true. You can't on a small yeah. screen. So, um, and, and what happened was, you know, we wanted to do um, Police Squad as a movie because it was based on a TV show starring Lee Marvin, which was called M Squad. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, you could check that out on YouTube. Yeah. It's the same setup. It looks the same. Yeah. It, that was our zero hour. But we, we, we didn't know how to make it into a, an entire plot. These were, you know, 27 minute episodes. So that's why, and, and Eisner said, I can get you six on the air at ABC. So wow. we said yes, yeah. Wow, so good. And that boy, what it led to in, you know, the uh, uh, gun movies is just. There you go. And then, of course, yeah, it's the first yeah. hit TV, did hit movie franchise based on a failed TV series. So, yeah, it would be like, really? <laughs> I never even thought about that. Like, that we, could, we could do that because we always loved that, or I always loved Police Squad, to, and I wanted to do it as a movie. And uh, Police Squad I, was. I insisted. Phenomenal. And that, that was about the time when. Uh, Jerry and Jim and I kind of went our separate ways and Jerry did Ghost and I did Naked Gun 1 and Jim did uh, Big Business, I think. And then he went on to do the Hot Shots movies. Right. Yeah. Oh, but I mean... And, and Naked Gun, I mean, I have to say like that, it goes airplane Naked Gun for me as far as like favorite comedies. And I'm giving airplane the nod because it came first. <laughs> but yeah. Naked Gun... David, I'm here to tell you, I have like one of my best friends that I grew up with, Leslie, if she's listening, hi. To this day, it doesn't matter how old we were, we would see each other and whoever saw the person first had to shout nice beaver across oh. a crowded room. And then the other person had to say, thanks, just had it stuffed. We, <laughs> <laughs> you brought so much entertainment to Bay City, Texas. I'm here to tell you like at every party we went to. Yes. Yeah, you should like, all of our parents would just go, oh boy, here we go. These kids are going to get together. <laughs> like, I can't tell you how much, I'm, and I grew up next to a nuclear power plant. So of course oh those two 
everywhere yeah. I look, something reminds me of. Oh yeah. Couldn't drive past that without saying it. Like, how many times, like, do people like myself? Because I'm just so thrilled about having you on. Like, repeat lines to you. Like, do, do people just do this? We've done it ten times. I've, I've just got really self conscious myself. I know. Yeah, I'm no, trying it, not to do it, but it's so hard. <laughs> it happens all the time. I don't. I don't mind. I, I just like any attention that I can get. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you That's came to the right podcast. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Now, I saw you, David. Um, you you did a, I think it was you and Pat Prof did a thing through Flappers Comedy. Of oh, yeah. People. And I, I I do a lot of stand up with Was that Flappers. the one in uh, Pasadena or? It was, it was the, it was a Zoom one. It was a, a thing. Oh, it was a Zoom months. one. That's right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was getting the biggest kick out of just hearing the two of you shoot the shit and talk about the movie. And I know the guy that was like moderating and he shows a picture, an old picture of the two of you and OJ Simpson Oh yeah. on this set. And, and the guy, like, I, I don't know who it was hosting him. He goes, now what were you, you all talking about? And you just, without missing a beat said, Oh, we were talking about the knife set that I had just given him for Christmas. <laughs> my, my, my collection. <laughs> And like, then, I had to mute myself so hard. I laughed so fucking hard. <laughs> I was on the ground laughing. I, I get asked that question. Sometimes I say about that, there's that picture of us, all right? Yeah. Uh, sometimes I say, well, I'm explaining to him why it's bad to kill people. <laughs> that I end. loved it. That was right up my alley. I laughed so hard. <laughs> I worked on a show when I first came out here with the actual Nordberg or Nord, um, what's his, he said he knew you guys. Was uh, guy, there was a guy oh, there was a guy named Greg Norberg. It was Greg Norberg. And I, what I mostly remember is he had lost his thumb. Yeah. And, and his big toe put where the thumb was. Yeah. It makes me cringe even to hear about this. Yeah. 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 But, but I remember hearing that he was Greg yeah. Norberg. Yeah. You know, he's a, a, another buddy of Profts. And you know, and yeah, Mike McManus. There's a whole Minnesota crowd. Mike McManus, it was we and and, but you know, the thing about Proft is that I mean, all the Naked Guns. He was so good at writing all those Leslie Nielsen lines, those great lines, like uh, like a like a midget at a urinal. I had to keep on my toes or something. Like that. <laughs> those are all. And so when Leslie dies, then. The, all the papers printed all his great lines. I mean, as if he made them up himself. Like his Eleanor Roosevelt, they, and he just hit. <laughs> yeah, they were all Pat Prof lines. Oh. So, yeah. You know, he had that like sort of Raymond Chandler, um, like that film noir voiceover. Yeah, thing. and that's where, well, that's where, you know, we got the idea for Police Squad from M Squad, which was itself a television version of film noir yeah, yeah 59 which is and film noir went from like 1949 to the mid 50s i think i just i want to always want to get confirmation from one of you guys on this because i so one of, around the just before naked gun movie came out i was uh got my first writing gig which was on the arsenio hall show and raquel welsh was the guest a guest on it oh yeah and no, no, I'm sorry. Bo Derek was the guest on it. I apologize, not Raquel Welsh. Bo Derek was the guest. And 
Arsenio's just asking her randomly about like any any movies like you would turn down or things you want don't want to do. And like, what's the craziest thing they asked you to do in a movie? And I think she was talking about, did, did you originally go to Bo Derek before? Um, Priscilla. Priscilla Presley. Yes, we did. We went to Bo Derek. On, so before the movie <laughs> and, she was and rejected. rejected. And before it, the movie came out, She's on there saying, yeah, I mean, they, you know, people say, you know, they just want it. Yeah, there was a scene where I was supposed to wear a giant condom. And it's, I mean, I, yeah. and I was so just, she didn't, you know, I thought, I always thought that John Derrick came in and quashed the whole thing. It was actually, she didn't, she didn't get it. Okay. No, she didn't That's like, fine. I mean, because you think about Bo Derrick and the first thing you think of is like, great sense of humor, super funny. No, I'm kidding. But, um, uh, she, <laughs> but like, that doesn't matter to us. We, we, the, the more yeah. humorless, the better. Yeah, right. no, it's true, but you, I don't know. Don't don't they? I mean, they have to play a deadpan, but isn't it helpful if they get the? Did you who, like? They got the joke, though. I always felt, didn't they? Or no? I mean, these are the guys well, who made Airplane. You would often, think they would. Often not in the in the script reading. You know, oh. when we we went we went out to Peter Graves for yeah. the the pilot, yeah. and. Uh, he did more than turn it down. He just threw it in the trash. And he said, this is the most disgusting piece of garbage I've ever read. And so, uh, but you have, to, you have to remember that when actors, years later, I figured that when actors read a script, they only read their own part. You're right. He read the script and he must have appeared to him that he was going to play a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... But anyway, he uh, so he tells his agent, uh, no, I ain't doing this, no way. And so, uh, and then, uh, but then he got a call from Howard Koch, our Godfather producer, and Howard said, to, and Howard knew all these guys, knew Stack, Bridges, yeah. and everybody, and uh, and he said, listen, Peter, I think you ought to at least meet the boys. That's what they call this. Mm-hmm. And uh, come in, come in and meet. And I think that also his his wife and his daughter got it, and they said, "Dad, this is there is something. This is okay. You should you should at least go in and meet." So he comes in and meets, and so uh, you know it it was it's always a surprise that you know we're not these drug crazed weirdos. Yeah, <laughs> you know we I think we appeared to be you know, these nice boys from Milwaukee. So, and, and with Howard saying, listen, Peter, I'm, it's, this is okay. Then he signed on. And as, as they say, you know, he's in for a penny in for a pound. And he, he was a, he was a trooper on set, did all the stuff. And we had to really direct it because that was the most sensitive scene. I mean, you couldn't just say, Joey, uh, you know, uh, you ever seen your old man? I mean, you can't, uh, if you'd watch the movie, he's going, Joey, uh, have you ever seen a grown man? And, you know, and he's yeah. putting, and we, you know, we directed him to do every yeah. single action. Well, the uh, genius of that also, because I'll just <laughs> go back to that scene in, in too, is you don't start out. He, be, it's, it's the timing of it because first he says, "Have you ever been in the cockpit before?" No. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? He like repeats that cadence, so it's like yeah. in a list. Oh, it's yeah. like. It was he's trying to sneak it through, I think, yeah. and and it just it really it really worked. And and Joey, the the actor who played Joey, was just so blissfully happy to be in a cockpit with his. Yeah, we cast him because he was the most white bread kid. <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, no, sir, I've never been in a plane before. Yeah, like, yeah, right. so, like, Out of any number of those movies or TV shows of the 50s. And they were all named Joey, yeah. That was so, yeah. so great, Mike. I have to ask, where, where did, because one of my favorite characters was Johnny. Where yeah. did y'all find Johnny? And oh, well, I know that Johnny's no longer with us, but that character just, I, I mean. I, either, yeah. That's also the this... book because uh, Steve Stucker was in our show, Kentucky Fried Theater, which we did yeah. on go for five years. And uh, our piano player that we thought was great from Milwaukee didn't come out with us. And so, uh, and when we, some friends in LA suggested that we, we get Stucker. And we had him in for an audition. He played the piano and he was he was great. Although, you know, as these very, very straight Midwestern boys that we were, you know, we didn't know from gay and we didn't know what to do with this guy. I mean, in fact, you know, sometimes we tried to, you know, actually physically put his feet together so he wouldn't be in always in a ballet pose. <laughs> and it was like, and so... But we quickly realized that he was he was turned out to be the star of the show. And when 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 he was on stage, they weren't looking at us. I could have you know we could have done anything. And and he he was the star of the show. And he was and so that show ran for five years in L.A. And then uh, when it came time to do Kentucky Fried Movie, we we put him in that. He was in the courtroom scene in that. And then in okay. Airplane. Well, you know, we never wrote for him. We always, uh, what we did was for Airplane, like we had that press conference scene where the reporters yeah. are asking questions. <laughs> and we, we called Steve on the telephone and read him the straight lines, the questions, and he came back. All those answers are his. I was going to ask that. So when he's like, really? what yeah. was wow. a brooch or a pterodactyl? Did that come from him? That was from the show. Yeah. Yeah. That was from a... Uh, uh, wow. a, a, a kind of a uh, a bar scene that we a bar sketch that we did at Kentucky Fried Theater said Johnny what can you make to, what can you make out of this and he said you make a brooch or hat or <laughs> and it worked every time and it works in the movie and also also from the our state show was uh, uh, passengers certain to die airline negligence and they the, there's, the a sale newspaper. there's a sale at pennies. <laughs> That I also loved it uh, towards the end when he is trying to comfort the wife yeah. and he looks at her dress. He's like, where did you get the dress and the where? shoes? She, and she's just already sobbing and he just she's already feel, yeah, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just makes her feel more like shit. I was like, oh. And uh, that was also his, I think. That was, oh. I think, yeah. Yeah, he, we probably read him this, this scene over the phone again. He came and up the, so. And he came up with the plane looked like a big Tylenol. Yeah, absolutely. It was all. Wow. Yeah. No, we <laughs> could not in our wildest imaginations. We couldn't think of that stuff. I, I, I was, well, that's that's shocking because in your wildest imaginations, you came up with airplanes. I know it's true, <laughs> and we're we're amazingly talented. I mean, yeah. you are. <laughs> I mean, you realize this. I don't know if we've not I mean, said that, enough, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, obviously. I think every five minutes you need to kind of renew. No, I, I have your rider right here. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I have framed pictures of your work in my home. That's really sick. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So let's see. So after, so Naked Gun, you did two and a half, 33 and a third, 
And then how did you uh, get into the scary movie? Oh. Was that the Wayans Brothers? uh, I had done basketball, which flopped. It became a cult hit. All all my great cult hits. Oh, I still love it. My all flops became, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, and when you do a flop, then you're in director's jail. It's like 14 (laughs) months or something. And so, and I I got uh, my partner, Gil Netter at the time, uh, got a hold of a script in our office and uh, it was for an Ashton Kutcher movie. And I did, I did that. And that was almost unreleasable. <laughs> and then, but, but, but then Bob Weinstein was the one who, he was the, the studio head. And so he said uh, in his own way, Zucker, you're a better director than your material. So he, he liked me, so that was good. So then when uh, it came time to do Scary Movie 3, uh, I guess he couldn't come to a deal with uh, the Wayans. Oh, okay. So he called me. And he said, uh, how would you like to do Scary Movie 3? And I said, uh, sure, what, where's the script? And uh, he, uh, he said, well, uh, uh, there is no script, but it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, a spoof on signs in the ring. And I pretended that I had seen or even heard of those movies because I don't, I don't go to see movies. <laughs> so... so I said sure, and so, so I, I recruited uh, Pat Proft and Craig oh, really? Mason. Craig Mason. Uh, a, oh, I love a Craig. Yeah. He's a buddy of mine. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, he's yeah. wonderful. And so we did uh, Scary Movie Three, which is an entire book movie in itself. Yeah. How we, you know, we call that one Apollo Thirteen because <laughs> we were uh, around the moon, and then we couldn't. It kind of blew up. We couldn't get back because we. <laughs> <laughs> who I love. I mean, Bob's a great guy, but he ordered all these rewrites. He ordered us, he stopped shooting for two weeks. Wow. We had to fly back from Vancouver and see the, the Matrix 2. And he said, <laughs> now for the second act, you're going to make it Matrix 2. And so it made no sense, but we did it. And we, you know, we rewrote for two weeks, shot for a week with Queen Latifah and Eddie Griffin, and none of it worked. It wasn't their fault, but uh, it was it was a disaster. And so then we and we reshot for two weeks. And, you know, Craig Mazin did a brilliant job. And Pat Proft helped, of course, uh, you know, cob together from spare parts, the script. And we reshot for two weeks with Kevin Hart because that was his Kevin Hart's, I think, his first movie. Really? Yeah, we discovered him. He came in to help out on a table read. And we thought, hey, this guy's funny, you know, uh, and uh, Anthony Anderson. And we put those guys together. And again, Mason wrote their dialogue. And uh, and that really worked. So and then and, and that became really a, a wonderful movie. It was it was really good. Yeah, fantastic. It's a, it's just and so it got me out of jail. I mean, that was nice. <laughs> yeah, that's what you need. You just need that one thing. You're 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 out. You need one in. thing. Yeah. You're, you're you're out and then you're back in. I mean. Um, God, there's so much I there's so much I want to go. Like I got working with like I got to work with um, Leslie Nielsen on a sitcom. Evening Shady came in to do, and um, working with Burt Reynolds. But like I still have the little fart machine. He, oh yeah, with his handheld fart machine. Yeah, he would do that. He do that on the set and on press tours. We were on an elevator in Charlotte once on a press <laughs> tour, and people coming up to him saying, "Oh, Mr. Nielsen, I you know I'm a big fan," and then he'd say, "Thank you very much." I'm 
you know, <laughs> and then, then people would be like shocked and try to you know, try to get off the elevator. <laughs> so, I saw him do it on many a late night talk show yes. promoting things. He had just no, with it in his hand and just yeah. would casually. What, what was the, because clearly Leslie was always funny. Like well, you know, he was, he's a closet comedian, but he was cast in all these serious straight roles. I mean, yeah. nobody quite. Did, did, he, about being out of jail, did he feel like he was getting out of jail with you guys? Ah, uh, yes, he actually did. I mean, he felt a tremendous, uh, you know, release from you know having to labor in the salt mines for twenty years, and uh, but that you know he was good at that. You know, he's a, a very very talented dramatic actor, and you know he got to a certain level, and he was in. I think he was up to you know he did a couple of features. And, uh, but I don't think he really, he was much more suited for episodic TV of yeah. which he did hundreds of, and that's how and, he made a living. And also George Kennedy. I mean, he- uh, George Kennedy, he was our first choice. But watching the, these two guys and Naked yeah. Gun, I mean, that's oh, not right. who you yeah. would think would be hitting with these. Right, well, we, as I say, you know, we fantastic. wanted George Kennedy to play the Lloyd Bridges role actually in, because oh, oh. he was a bigger star, oh. but Universal said absolutely not. Um, and then we cast, uh, we, we, we uh, tried out like three other actors before Leslie for the doctor part. It was the last role wow. we cast. And Leslie, I mean, one of them was Jack Webb. And there were other, there were <laughs> other guys, it was Ephraim Zimbalist, the other actors who were more well known at the time. And, uh, and then we thought, well, there was this guy who was the captain of the Poseidon Adventure. And, uh, and, you know, mainly known for going, oh, my God, when the wave comes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and we, I don't think we knew his name. We said that guy who was in the Poseidon Adventure and in uh, Swamp Fox, you know, Disney television series. And so we, we thought this guy would be perfect. He's so humorless. And there was not <laughs> one speck of humor in anything he's done. So we went to our casting director at Paramount who was by that time about to tear his hair out because he was his name was going to go on a comedy. And so far, he had Robert Stack, Lloyd Bridges, and, <laughs> and he said, oh, my God, Leslie Nielsen. Leslie Nielsen's the guy you cast the night before. And we were already like three weeks away from shooting. And so he said, no, no, we want Leslie. We want this guy. He's going to be great. He came in. He read the script. He said to his agent, don't tell them this, but I paid them to do this movie. He was totally, he totally got it. Wow. Well, it's, I, I will just say, going back, I'm sorry, but it's one of the great character introductions in all of cinema is like, is there a doctor on the plane and somebody right. goes, miss, I think, I think this gentleman's a doctor and he's just sitting there with a stethoscope yeah. in ears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I should point out, you know, if it's Chevy Chase or Bill Murray, they're clown. He's clown. Yeah. But if it's Leslie Nielsen, if they, there's nowhere you can go, but that's a, that's a great joke. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not to take anything away from all these great comedians, no. but okay. uh, but a lot of those jokes, and they're stupid, they're dumb jokes. Like, I am serious and don't call me Shirley. This is a stupid pun, but it yeah. works because you have these really, uh, you know, gravitas actors doing yeah. it, and they're not comedians. Yeah, and it really, I don't know, it's, uh, um, I just, you know, 
I want to thank you so much just for your work. <laughs> really, you know, I've had like I, 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 I can't tell you how much time I've spent in in comedy rooms with my with writers and my dear friends. How many times Danny and I have just sat and watched? Sat <laughs> and watched, and I mean, it has been. I mean, it's been hours, days, months of joy. And I mean, and for me, just personally, like when I first saw Kentucky Fried Movie, somebody showed it to me when I was at a summer camp and and like your names came up and my name is just one letter off from you. It's like Mom Z. That's right, you're so close. But yeah, so, <laughs> so close. close. And it was like, God damn it, why do they leave that off at Ellis Island? But do you pronounce your name Zucker? I do, because otherwise I, I would otherwise would do it. My, half my family pronounces it Zucker also. But mm. I found like whenever I was... I started doing stand-up when I was younger and I would do it. If I didn't say Zucker, they'd spell it your way. And they still mostly spell it. Right. Because the natural, when people see my name, they say Zucker. So Zucker. Yeah. I mean, forever, for all forever. my life. Yeah. And so that's why my, I'm, I want to do a third book, which is just about my life and all my crazy stuff. Yeah. And, and the title is going to be, it's pronounced Zucker, not Zucker. Yeah, yeah. I, I want. I, but yeah, I was going to call my production company Zucker No C. So I was like, we're on the same page. On this. Yeah, Zucker No C. Um, yes. But uh, um, yeah, and for years, I I, I got I, I had gotten to hear like I when I worked with your brother Jerry, he said the nicest thing to me, which was that because um, I told him I said from the moment I came to town, everybody asked if I was like related to you because I'm in comedy. And well, that's my last name. And I said, no. And, 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 and Jerry said, I just want to tell you, I was at, he say, mentioned he, an event. And he's like, I was at an event and somebody asked me if I was related to you. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, I don't know, nice. And, I, and so don't disabuse me of this because uh, I feast on it for years. Because but, uh, he, of course he was lying. Yeah, of yeah, course. That's what I, was gonna say. Right. I don't want to pop he them off. Me, but, but, yeah. That's just manners. That's yeah. just Midwest oh, He's manners. so polite, my yeah. brother. <laughs> wonderful guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, this has been such a treat. And also I have to just sidebar that the automatic pilot has forever been a longstanding thing in my family uh, to blow up automatic. We were a family that grew up on the water. We had a sailboat and every time the automatic pilot, I'm like, dad, this is so disappointing that this blow up guy isn't going to be the automatic pilot. <laughs> auto. <laughs> auto the automatic pilot. And that automatic pilot is still, I think, in Jerry's garage somewhere. That should be in the Smithsonian. That is a shame. Yeah, you really yeah, instead of it's like flaking the paint. But you know what? It, it the he probably floats on it in his pool. <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's actually Mrs. Pilot because they repainted uh, one of the. There were two uh, regular pilots. One that was mechanically this, or you know, yeah. had the spinning head, and and one, and they repainted one to be Mrs. Pilot. And I can't believe that the other one they, they both weren't saved, but. You know, nobody knew that that this would become kind of uh, you know, worthy of anything. Yeah. yeah well, it's... I can't believe those aren't just sold by the just barrel at you know in Palm Springs at pool parties. Just auto the automatic pilot. That's right, or at uh, you know porn stores or something. You know? Well, that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, we'll do it quickly because I don't want to. I'm just curious. We at the end of our, our, every podcast, we sort of ask, like, uh, what's the stuff you've been watching? Like, certainly whether it's during the pandemic, what, what, what's uh, any a, a show you've been streaming, comedy you like, um, drama, whatever. I watch, you know, mostly serious stuff. I mean, I've been watching The Crown, and you know, the serious stuff I watched before that was like Mad Men and 
The Sopranos, uh, Entourage. I love those shows. Wow. And but comedy, you know, there's no comedy in in movies anymore. No, it's terrible. It's terrible. Well, there's nothing. Yeah. But when there was, I remember seeing a movie called uh, Bad Grandpa, which I thought was genuinely funny. Yeah. And Bridesmaids, I thought was great. I remember yeah. laughing at those. And as far as what makes me laugh today, it's really one thing. It's on. It's on True TV. And it's called uh, Impractical Jokers. I watched that. <laughs> I watched that is that. the funniest thing. It okay. uh, you can see clips of it on YouTube. Yeah. They are so funny. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I, well, I then you mentioned Bad Grandpa and Practical Jokers. All oh, that'll leave me. I don't know if I've ever recommended this on the show, but it's with it's Eric Andre did a movie just like this on Netflix called yeah, I just um, called Bad Trip, and it was it was that same kind of thing that they did on Bad Grandpa, where it was like um uh, um where people are not aware they're in a yeah, marriage. Some hidden camera stuff. And yeah. it's, to me, it's the best one I've seen of all of them. It's so good. Eric Andre on, uh, on Netflix and um, yeah. Tiffany Haddish is in it and Lil Rel and it is, um, it's just great. It, it's just, uh, I really, I really recommend that. So that'll be my okay. recommendation. Uh, my recommendation, I'm just gonna go, cause I just, in anticipation of you being on here, I of course, watched Airplane, Naked Gun. I just was watching all your hits again. I want to just recommend those. Like you can watch them on Stars, on Netflix. Like any of any of the people who have heard the "I take my coffee black" and don't, aren't getting it right, yeah. watch Airplane. <laughs> it's on Stars. Watch Naked Gun. You can watch it on Netflix. But I highly recommend. And, and finding like where where can you find like files from the police squad? The police squad. It's not. Or a police squad. I saw it on. I found it on YouTube. That's what I found it on too. I I, know. I'm reluctant to say because they, they, but but I, it's out there. It's worth watching. Yeah, let's just add all those links. Or if David, is there a better link that people could watch Police Squad that you know? Of? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not aware of anything. Oh. <laughs> not aware of very much. Just <laughs> yeah. You heard it. For, you heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, what a pleasure. Um, yeah. I can't thank you enough. This has been like a, a, a real highlight. Yeah, this has truly been. Thank it's you. So thank much. you. From the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate it. Like, thank you for the good questions, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you.